0: Welcome to My Pancreas is Broken 2, the podcast where I, Tommy Young, a type 1 diabetic, help you navigate the scary and confusing world of your new diabetes diagnosis, and give you tips and tricks to make sure you can live your best life. Later on, I'll be joined by a good friend of mine, but before we get there, let's explore some of the technology that helps us manage our day-to-day lives, insulin pumps. Insulin pumps. advances in technology that we've seen over the 100 plus years since Dr. Banting's discovery of insulin, perhaps the most important one has been the insulin pump. For many years, the only way to inject insulin was just that, a direct injection from a syringe or needle. It often required you to mix the insulin together just right or risk affecting the insulin dose. Plus, having to be very careful about where you could roll as for your insulin is terribly inconvenient. Imagine you're out for dinner with your spouse, and before your meal, you have to sterilize the table, get out your syringe and insulin, mix it together, measure out just how much you'll need, and finally, use the needle to inject the insulin. Then, in 1974, we had a medical breakthrough. Known as the Biostator, it was a microwave-sized machine that injected insulin into the body every five minutes. Due to its size, it was mostly used in hospitals to treat patients in diabetic ketoacidosis, or DKA. Check out episode 3 for more info about DKA. Over the next four years, a British engineer and type 1 diabetic by the name of Robert Shannon worked to develop a smaller, more portable version of the Biostator. Initially developed for his own personal use, he was awarded 26,000 Great British Pounds, about 183,000 Canadian dollars in today's money, by the National Medical Research Foundation to develop his 3-ounce insulin pump back in 1980. As well, they awarded the London-based Guy's Hospital 40,000 British pounds, about 282,000 Canadian today, to run a clinical trial for Channon's pump. This pump was the first-ever evidence of a pump being used to deliver a background basal dose. 1983 saw the very first pump created by MiniMed, now known as Medtronic, the MiniMed 502. Since then, we've seen countless advances in the tech inside insulin pumps, from individual carb ratio to basal rate adjustments to my favorite new invention of all, the closed loop system. There's quite a few insulin pumps currently available on the market in a variety of different models. Medtronic has two main pumps on the market, the 780G and the 770G. The 780G is the newer version of the 770 and has a number of major improvements, including new internal algorithms, a longer lasting infusion set and sensor, and meal detection technology which will automatically deliver a correction bolus every five minutes to keep your BG in target range. Tandem joined the market with the T-Slim X2 and will soon be adding the X3. The T-Slim pump is my current pump and has a fantastic system called Control IQ. Control IQ works in tandem (laughs) with a Dexcom CGM, more on that in a moment, and it automatically adjusts basal rates, delivers correction boluses, and is a huge help in day-to-day life. Omnipod is a very unique pump, It's cordless. The Omnipod 5 is a small box that is set up like a regular pump site, but it holds a small tank with up to 200 units of insulin. No more tubes getting caught on countertops or door handles. Finally, the newest addition is the Ipso Pump. It's small, simple, and while it might not be as technically advanced as the T-Slim of the 780G, it makes up for it in ease of use. It's very easy to use and learn, and seems perfect for younger kids to start off with. Continuous glucose monitors, or CGMs, are small devices that read the interstitial fluid in your body, testing the glucose molecules to provide a near accurate blood sugar reading. In recent years, as technology constantly improves, CGMs have been made to work concurrently with insulin pumps in a union known as closed looping. After taking the readings from a CGM, the pump can adjust insulin doses based upon the trends in your readings. Adding more insulin to your basal if your blood glucose is rising, Lowering the dose of your BG is dropping, and in some new pumps, even administering a multiple unit correction dose automatically. This system mimics the way that your pancreatic system works naturally, and although you still need to monitor your BG at all times and bolus manually for meals, we are very slowly moving ever closer to bionic pancreases. At least, I hope so. For the time being, we're left to continue using CGMs and pumps to regulate our diabetes. Currently, there's four main brands of CGM. The Freestyle Libre 3 is by far the smallest CGM on the market. The 1 and 2 required you to swipe the glucose meter over the sensor on your arm to see your BG, but the 3 now simply sends everything to your smartphone. Unfortunately, it is not currently closed loop compatible. The Dexcom G7 just released commercially back on October 10th and is the most accurate Dexcom system yet. It comes with full connectivity to your smartphone and Apple Watch, but it will take some time before it gets closed loop compatibility. In the meanwhile, The Dexcom G6, my current sensor, has closed-loop compatibility with the Tandem T-Slim X2 and the Omnipod 5. Medtronic also has their own sensor, the Guardian 4, which works with all Medtronic pumps. It also has full smartphone connectivity. Finally, the newest addition to the CGM market is the Eversense E3. While it doesn't have any closed-loop compatibility, it's wholly unique in the sense that it's subcutaneous meaning it must be surgically implanted rather than simply inserted on your arm, stomach, or leg. However, it lasts for six months. This technology could be a true game changer to the future of diabetes management. I'm here with one of my very good friends. Uh, I've known Griffin for a long time. Uh, Please welcome to the podcast, Griffin Lee. Griffin, Nice to have you on.
1: It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: So we've we've known each other for quite a while, um, but can you just give me a little bit of a backstory? Like, what was your experience being diagnosed with type 1, like your early stages uh, with type 1 diabetes?
1: So uh, my early stages was I was three years old when I was diagnosed. So most of what I understand from that is secondhand information. I clocked in a blood sugar of over 40 when I was diagnosed. Then uh, I started on insulin pens, and I was on those for about a year until uh, the doctors found out I was allergic to the preservatives in that insulin. So I moved on to the insulin pump.
0: And uh, you've had a pump for, for most of your life then?
1: Yeah, ever since I was four. I am now 19. What's your experience been like
0: with with using a pump? Um, have you found it kind of restricting at times, or is it like really helping you um, to be... You know whatever you want to do and and kind of bring it with you wherever you need
1: i'd say overall it doesn't restrict me doing anything that i want to do um any restrictions i have are more just minor inconveniences like when you're trying to sleep and you roll over and yeah you land on your pump never feels good
0: um you and i met um at a hockey camp for um for type 1 diabetics and i really like the experience that that has given but what's it been like for you um working with your your diabetes to to deal with being able to still play sports and you know using your experience with diabetes to to help you play sports as well
1: well as you mentioned we met at a at a hockey camp and that's specifically for diabetics called D-Skate and it gave me a community with great people like yourself uh that were able to help me build my skills up uh both on and off the the sports fields and hockey rinks which allows me to keep my blood sugars intact while still doing everything that i love and it provides me with outlets for if i'm struggling i have people to talk to which is always a good plan b to have
0: it's always good to have that uh that support system and in the last couple of years especially now that we're coming out of covid um you're transitioning into more of a, an ambassador role with D-Skate, so you're you're going to be helping provide um, some younger people in in hockey and in sports to to have those same experience and that same it's um, the right word support group uh, behind them.
1: Yes, it's great. It's a great feeling to be able to pay it forward and uh, provide other people with the same experience that I was able to have. Uh, I always looked up to the people that are now in my role and thought of them as role models, and so I'm hoping I'm going to be able to do the same for them.
0: I'm going to roll back to the insulin pumps for a minute here. Um, what type of insulin pump do you have right now?
1: Right now I'm on the Medtronic
0: 670G. Uh, and you said you're using that just with the pump and not with the, the Medtronic sensor as well, right?
1: Yes, I'm only on the, the pump as I'm allergic to the adhesives. Uh, I'm hoping that Medtronic will create some form of alternative to allow me to use it. But until then, I'm stuck on finger pokes.
0: Which is uh, a pain that all diabetics can can relate
1: to, uh, the uh, constant finger poking. Yeah, it hasn't been fun in a solid 16 years of doing it. Finger poking, site
0: changes. There's all kinds of little, little things uh, about diabetes that can kind of get bothersome after you know 16 years of doing it. You and I both know that very, very well. What's your best strategy for dealing with having to be like, okay, I have to finger poke here, I have to do a site change. How do you, how do you work past that and just be like, all right, I have to do this, just get it done.
1: Especially during COVID, I think me and a lot of other type one diabetics had a large struggle trying to keep their diabetes in check while not having a whole lot to motivate them while at home. And so I think the best strategy for me to snap out of that and any other moments I have where I'm feeling down on myself and I, I don't feel like I'm controlling my blood sugars is to just realize that that's okay, that's going to happen sometimes, but you got to get back on your feet and really keep yourself uh, in check have the people around you keep you in check to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and you're not causing yourself more harm than than necessary.
0: Absolutely. Great, great words of advice there. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Griffin. Uh, best of luck with diabetes in the rest of your life, basically. <laughs>
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to My Pancreas is Broken Too. I'm Tommy Young, and I had a lot of fun going through some of the history of insulin pumps and CGM with you. I hope you learned something and enjoyed my conversation with Griffin. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode of My Pancreas Is Broken 2. Next episode, it's all about the future. What's in store for diabetes? We'll take a gander into the looking glass and fantasize about what diabetes care could be like in the year 2050. My Pancreas Is Broken 2 is now available on Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and so many other great podcast sites. You can check out the full list of locations at the link tree in my Twitter bio, at TomYoungRadio. And remember, you can always message me there if you have any questions or would like more info about anything I've said in this or other episodes. Thanks again for listening.